0: We welcome everyone back to week two of our four-week study on on prophecy and the prophetic. Last week we talked about the gift of prophecy and a little bit on the spirit of prophecy. And tonight we want to start to talk about the office of the prophet. And each week is just going to build and build and build onto new knowledge and revelation for us. Amen. Amen. So if you would turn, we're going to review real quickly here from last week. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read from the King James and then a little bit, uh, depending on the verse, I'll also read it from the New Living Translation. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It reads, now concerning spiritual gifts, the word gifts was added later by the translators. That's why your Bible might have gifts in italicis. So this verse would, it should read, now concerning spirituals or the spirit realm, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. The word ignorant here just means lack of knowledge, lack of knowing. And then if we read that same verse in the New Living Translation, it's now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities of the Spirit, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So this chapter is a real key chapter for us to understand how the gifts work and how we are to maneuver and operate in the spirit realm. And that's really, this chapter is, basically it's it's the capacity that we should be operating in the spirit realm. We shouldn't be going out and beyond what it teaches us here. And our guide for operating in the spirit realm is Holy Spirit. So I'm not going to read each verse, but we're going to jump over a couple. So pay attention, I'm just going to hit and highlight some. So now we're going to go to verse 3. And in King James, it says, wherefore, I give you to understand. Wherefore, so in other words, I'm giving you this information for you to understand. Put it to knowledge that no man speaking by the spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. Because basically, Jesus can't really curse himself, right? Cause that's what that's saying. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. So nobody even understands the principle of Jesus being someone's Lord. Like the worship we just had, and the experience we had. Holy Spirit connection to our spirit allows us to enter in like that. And it, you're really here, but you're there too. So you're in the throne room. At the foot of Jesus, you know, and and sometimes you know, with our perception, our natural mind, the Lord might show you that from time to time. I've seen little glimpses of the um, the throne room, but I'm sure with the way it's described, it's <laughs> so magnificent. You know, I don't think man in our natural state can handle it, and that's why we spiritually only can see what's in this dimension. So the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit so that we know Jesus is our Lord. That's how we know. Now the New Living Translation for that same verse, verse 3, it reads this way. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So it makes you wonder and ponder about people who say I'm born again. And now you know and wonder why maybe people who say they're born again struggle to stay born again or to progress or to really understand spiritual things and who they really are. Let's go to verse 4. Now, these there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. So what I want to keep in here is that you're going to see the word same spirit, the one only spirit. Several times throughout this scripture. And so that's when God said, I want you to understand. That's what he wants you to understand. Nothing happens in the spirit realm that is divine, but by Holy Spirit or by God. He won't allow it. He is in control is what he's saying. Now the New Living Translation for verse 4 says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit. Is the source of them all. So, different kinds. Here he doesn't mention the nine that we know about. There could be who knows how many. I wouldn't say hundreds, but maybe there could be. So we're going to go to verse 5 now. And there are differences of administrations. This is King James or whatever version you might have, New King James. That word administrations is defined as ministries or varieties of service. So there's different, there are differences of ministries to so different types of ministries. You hear deliverance ministry, prophetic ministry, healing ministry, a variety of services, the way a person serves, services of helps. Uh, how about giving? You know, that is a gift. It can be anointed, whoa, to bring in finances, but it's the same Lord. Now here we hear the I want you to look at the word Lord. So Lord is speaking of Jesus there and not Holy Spirit. So Jesus is responsible for how the ministries are placed in the body and who gets what. Holy Spirit wills the gifts because he is the one that transfers the gifts because he's the Spirit. Remember when we talk about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit they are three in one, they're triune. So they're one, but they're also separate. So you have to remember that they each have their roles, but they operate in unison. It's really difficult to try to like separate me from my three portions that I am spirit, soul, and body. Same thing with, with God. So that same uh, verse, verse five in the living translation reads, there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Verse 6, King James. And there are diversities of operations. The word operations there means activities. But it is the same God. See, it says God there. It doesn't say Lord. It doesn't say Spirit. It says the same God, which worketh all things in all. He's in control of all things. And then in the New Living Translation, it says God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. It's the same God, okay? So um, just to go back to verse 5 and 6. Remember last week we talked about turning on the light switch and how when you turn on the switch, the decision to to turn on the switch is um, Holy Spirit. And then the the actual electricity that you cannot see is Jesus. He's administrating or administering it. And then when the light comes on, then it's God because he's behind it. He's the power. He's the power source. Okay. Although we think sometimes if we just think about Holy Spirit only, we think that the Holy Spirit is the one that's the power source. And when you when it's three in one, (laughs) he is a part of the power source. It takes all three of them for it to happen. So when we did that with the light switch, it takes all three of them. Holy Spirit is the giver of the gift that we receive. Jesus governs how the gift will be used. He determines where you're gonna go with your gift. Okay, if, if uh, Holy Spirit releases a gift of prophecy, Jesus is the one who's the head of the church. He's the head of the body of Christ. So however that is administered in the church, His Holy Spirit is behind that. You know that, I mean, I'm sorry, Holy Spirit, Jesus is behind that. You know that Jesus walks in the congregation, you know, uh, all the time. He visits our services. And so that's, that's part of why. I'm sure he loves that. I would if I was in that position to be able to do that. And so Jesus governs how the gift will be used and God empowers that person. He's the he's the source of he's the source of everything, God, God the Father. Okay? So let's go to verse 7. This is King James, but the manifestations, that word manifestations means it's it's taking something and making it be real. So it's taking stuff that's in the unseen and bringing it into the real. So it looks like that it's going to look at like it's going to it's going to give a Result and result of what's in the unseen. So the manifestations of the Spirit, so this is the Holy Spirit, is given to every man to profit with all. The New Living Translation reads, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. It's to build us up. It's for the body of Christ. Verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit, the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. New translation, New Living Translation reads, to one person the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, that's what wisdom is, wise advice. To another the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Knowledge that no one knew until God released it The fact wasn't there until he told them what what it what needed to be said or heard. Verse 9. To another faith. So these are these are those nine gifts of the Spirit that right now we're going over. Verse, um, verse 8. I'm sorry, 9. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. New Living Translation. The same Spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else. The one spirit gives a gift of healing. So much focus and emphasis on knowing the one, the same, the self-same. There's a reason for that. Because there's other spirits in the spirit realm. Right? The same spirit in the New Living Translation says, The same spirit gives great faith to another. I think I read it already. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. Verse 10, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Then a New Living Translation reads, he gives one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from God, from the Spirit of God, or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. And then verse 11. But all these worketh that one and the same self, same spirit. Dividing, dividing means distributing to every man, severally, severally means individually, as he wills, as Holy Spirit wills. And in the New living translation it reads verse 11, "It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have." These are the spiritual gifts. They're not the fivefold office in Ephesians 4. Those are the ones that Jesus gives. Okay? Verse 12, For as the body is one, and hath many members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. So we already mentioned that Christ is the head of the the church, and he is the head of the body of Christ. And we are a part of that body. We're the body of Christ. Uh, In the New Living Translation, it says, The human body has many parts. So that's our body. We have hands, we have eyes and ears. We make, it makes up who we are. It makes up one whole body. So is it with the body of Christ. Verse 13. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Now that's if we, if we yield and decide we want to be born again. The New Living Translation says, Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles. Some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Wow. Okay, so I'm just going to get briefly talk about the gift of prophecy, and then we're going to move into the new information. The gift of prophecy as we talked about last week, includes a supernatural imparted ability to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and speak God's mind and counsel, not only to the assembled group of believers, but also to individuals. So sometimes we say we hear Holy Spirit speaking. Most often it's Holy Spirit speaking because he's the one that's ends with our spirit, joined in with our spirit as one. But you can hear Jesus speak and you can hear God speak. Okay? There are three main purposes uh, for prophecy. Does anybody remember what they were?
1: Edification, exhortation, and comfort.
0: Exactly. To edify, to edify or to build up, to exhort or encourage, and to comfort. To comfort or cheer up those to whom the word is released to. It is a vocal miracle due to the great grace or anointing of God. God has anointed that gift and the words that are spoken are life. And they're life changing. As with all of the vocal gifts of the spirit, the gift manifests itself with a variety of senses involved. It may include Leadings. Some say, "Oh, I was led to go here or to do this," and so they call it a leading. Or there's a you, you just have a knowing, and you just don't know how you knew, but you knew. How about see? You could also visually see. You no, know, your eyes are for sight, but vision is given by a Holy Spirit because it's, it's it's into the supernatural. It's kind of into the future. Okay? Feeling. Feeling waves of his presence. A surge of urgency. And there could be many other ways that one would receive a word of prophecy. So the the new information we're going to talk about tonight is about the call. The construct of the call. So when we talk about a call, we're not talking about just the call of the prophet. It could be used and related to other the other five fivefold ministry gifts, the other four, or just whatever call of uh, service that God has called you into the ministry. Because there's many more ministry services than there are fivefold ministers. Okay. Because if your fivefold ministers are your there there's, I mean it seems like you, you would think there's a lot of them. But there's really still more ministries that fall. That work alongside with him. Okay. Because the, the body of Christ is, is many members. And everybody has their own function. It has to know their role. Okay. And we talked about positioning. Knowing what your position is. So that you're not out of position. As if I'm out of position. That makes you be out of position. And somebody else out of position. The construct of The call. I use the word construct here to show you the various elements uh, that a prophet processes or possesses so that you will learn or know what a prophet is. So, my, my focus for the call is going to be on the prophet because that's what I am as a prophet, okay? And that's where God gives me knowledge about. Prophets are called at birth in their mother's womb, so they're created um and predetermined before they're born. That means a person is born a prophet you do not become a prophet you not become a prophet you are a prophet and that's something you, you have to really know and and as we talk more about it I'll show you ways that you can know or you should know and if you don't know then you know God will God will find you He knows where you are if he's the one that called you Some biblical examples of being called in the mother womb is Samuel, John the Baptist, and Jesus. So the call is the mechanism that God has used to get your attention. I think I may have uh, shared some of this information in the past. This is a supernatural divine calling, meaning that uh, God is the entity that calls you, not man. You will have encounters and or visitations from God. How else is he going to call you if he doesn't encounter you? He may encounter you you may run the other way. <laughs> ignore him. <laughs> Many of us do until we, you know, we can't ignore it anymore. Uh, but He, it is uh, from God. Uh, there, let's see here. There will also be confirmation from others, uh, meaning Other ministers who are genuine five-fold ministries, they can also, God will speak to them regarding your call. Because, you know, we'll see a little later, being under authority is very important. The mechanism used to get your attention, there's different mechanisms or different ways that God may call you. Some people need to be confirmed of the call 50 times (laughs) and others only a few times. So, um, you see, initially, you just don't know what it is, and you didn't know it at all for a long time. You just knew you might have been a little different. But until that spirit man gets awakened, and you're born again, you see, that's when things start to happen for you. And you get more knowledge and understanding, and you're in a better, it's it's a stronger communication that you're linked up with God. Okay? Not that you have to be spirit-filled to hear from God, but... It is different when you become, really become his and are spirit-filled. If you are one of the former, it may be due to insecurities. Meaning if you if it's taken you a long, long time to accept the call, you know, it's something that God's going to work in you. Because he's the one that get, He equips us. He's the one that qualifies us for the call. The call is there. That's not changed. That's not what has to be worked on. It's us that has to be worked on to be able to walk it out and carry it. Remember, God is the one who calls you and he will also confirm the call. And if he calls and confirms you, he will equip you. As you accept the call, your confidence will grow day by day. Your gift will make room for you. Proverbs 18, 16 says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. And you have to be uh, around um, very strong men of God, women of God, to grow, to be nurtured. Man will also confirm the call as God speaks to them concerning it. The most important thing is to stay humble and do not get ahead of God. Depending on the call, training and preparation can be many years. Some say 20, 30 years. The greater the call... The longer the preparation. But I believe God is doing a quick work in these last days. And so what may have taken 20 years before may only take five years now. Finally, if you uh, must ask if you are called, then most likely you are not. God doesn't give you any rest if you belong to him and you're supposed to be over here. It's going to make you very uncomfortable, get you back over here. We waste a lot of time. (laughs) I know I did. (laughs) You get off track, but then you get back. He's going to get out of you what he uh, put in you. Be patient. Stay in your lane. If you are out of position, you are out of order. That's kind of like my motto. I say that a lot. If you're out of position, you're out of order. It's so easy to, to understand that for me. Assessing the level of ministry you are at. It's good to know where you are now. You will fall into three levels. One, the first one is called, called. The second one is means is trained or you're in training, and the third one is commissioned or released. So the first one, first level one, you are called, and you are born again. This person has been called and affirmed by God. And, to, and he's called to be a, he or she is called to be a prophet, but has no formal training. And they will they will be looking for that training and that mentoring when they get to the point of actually accepting the call and saying, "Okay, what do I do from here, God?" And He will really guide you. He'll set up divine connections for you. First, you must be born again, then baptized uh, in the Holy Spirit. Matthews 3.11 says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Has anybody ever seen the fire? Or experienced the fire? Sometimes we think some of the trials and tribulations is fire, and they could be... uh, Exact. You know, they can be described as such. But there is a fire. What about you,
1: like a burning of when you do praise and worship and there's a fire? Like I, a burning from worship. You know yeah, what I'm talking about? That's that the fire.
0: Sense? Yes, ma'am. That's the manifestation of the fire. Acts 2 and 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you. So what that say? Power. We want to say you should be speaking in tongues when he comes up on you. What about the power? They forget about the power part. That's very, very important. So that is what you need to be a successful Christian, to be an overcomer. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and on all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So we know we have Holy Spirit because it is with the evidence of speaking in tongues and power. That means you have authority in the spirit realm. You have power over your life. Okay. Okay, this person was still level one. This person daily has a prayer life. They're committed to a church. They're under covering. They're under authority. They're serving at some capacity. They're doing something. Sometimes they're serving in a lot of capacities. And a pastor, elder, or leader recognizes gifting or a call upon their life because God has affirmed it. God affirms it and shows that pastor or that leader something in you. But he can't see you or know what's happening if you're, if you're hiding and you're not doing anything. You, have, you know, a person who really is called of God wants to do everything to please him. He wants to help mankind. He wants to see people get saved and on and on and on. They don't sit idle. Sometimes you have to tell them to sit down and, <laughs> and give them a little guidance. So that, you know, a little wisdom on uh, not to wear themselves out. Number two, trained is number two. So you're trained or in training. Now in that first level with the call, you can be looking at training, but it's not really training to go right into a five-fold office. You know, it's it's different. I think that's how you find out if you're hearing, if where God's called you. You can determine. And, and man can help you with that. That's why I said your pastors are... Or your overseer sometimes will see things that you may not see. This is when you might get called out and be prophesied to. Different gifts might be activated in in your life as well. You won't be able to sit in the back because God's going to start pulling you up. So when you're trained, you start off being what they call prophet in training. or You're in the pit. Or they may call you an emerging prophet. This person has or is completing school. They're in a school of ministry of some sort, a school of prophecy or a school of the prophetic. They have had hands laid upon them, probably many times, and confirmed by fivefold ministry gifts, pastors, elders, or leaders. They are not only saved, Jesus is truly their Lord. You will see the fruit. The fruit of the Spirit will be abundant, they will be growing the, spirit, the, the fruit. They are teachable. They are pliable. They are humble. And if they're a prophet, they flow in the gift of prophecy. And so they'll they'll be consistently able to prophesy. Not that they have to run around and prophesy to everything walking. (laughs) I would would take a couple steps back and say, "Hmm, What is up with that? I think... um, that might be a strong prophesier. Because <laughs> there's many of them out there, too. And then to our third level, when you're commissioned, you you completed all three levels. You've been called, you've been trained, and you've been commissioned as a prophet. I finally got there, I don't know how many years ago, but it, it was a process. This is like started for me in maybe the, the late 80s or early 90s. Uh, you operate regularly in prophecy, including correction and direction. Uh, there's a tangible anointing when that person ministers out of the gift of the prophet. Um, and then prophetically, their words come to pass. But you can have words start to come to pass before you really are in the office, you know, when you're prophesying in the gift. Most often, you're, if you're a prop, true prophet, those words come to pass, and you probably have people that will come and tell you that you prophesied this, this to me and this to me and this to me, and you'll look at them and you won't remember nothing you said to them. But they know they, they're confirming that they, it came to pass, and it could be years and years and years later. So now we're going to unpack quickly here because we want to do some activations before our nine o'clock stopping time. So, Can
1: um, I ask a question, Miss Marilyn, yes, ma'am. You said. When you were talking about the quali- the qualification of the characteristics of a prophet,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you do you are you saying that you a prophet would be prophesying every day?
0: Uh-uh. No, ma'am.
1: I mean, but just just regularly, right? On a
0: regular basis, they're consistent. The gift okay. is there, the gift's not going anywhere. They're confident in their gift. Mm-hmm. And if Jesus gives them something to say, or Holy Spirit gives them something to say, then they'll prophesy it. Okay. It depends on the setting. Remember we talked earlier about um, the gifts and how they're administered? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Another question.
1: When is it appropriate for a prophet to start calling themselves a prophet?
0: Okay. Oh, that's on a good stage. question. Just yeah. Cards, please. Uh, what was that, uh, Apostle? Just to run out and start bigger. Yeah, you, that, it's not really appropriate to for a prophet to go out and call themselves a prophet unless they've been commissioned and licensed and, be, and been released. Okay, so
1: definitely. Yeah. Com, so, com, so commissioned.
0: Commissioned, yeah. And under, uh,
1: under a covering. And under a covering.
0: Okay. Okay. And you've been licensed and ordained. And com, usually they use the word ordained and licensed yeah. kind of interchangeably, okay. but they are different. So that's okay. why I just use the word commissioned because then it covers. Everything in there, yeah, but you have people that will do it, you know, before they're tied. they really will, Amen. yes, sir. To to um, speak, speak up a little bit to a too. That God calls, man how man confirms is that through observation, through your overseer, your
1: leader, he observes your gifts, your talents, how you operate,
0: and what, what type of work comes forth, how it comes forth, the flow. Yes, listen to me. Um, so, I have not been, I don't know if do you call it confirmed, but,
1: I, not I but I've been confirmed by numerous spiritual mm-hmm. leaders and people that I know. Yep. So that would be...
0: Confirmed. You're in two.
1: I know I'm in two.
0: I'm yeah, oh, okay. But okay. I, but
1: I know who I am. Yeah.
0: I know I'm a prophet.
1: Yes. But I'm not...
0: Yeah, you're not commissioned yet. So going well, with her question, uh huh. I mean I know who I am. I'm a prophet. Yeah. So if
1: you to say I'm not a I am not I can not say I'm a prophet it would be like telling me that I don't know who I'm so
0: But well, yeah. when I heard Elizabeth ask asked the question, it was like it sounded like. It like, was people would I that were
1: felt to you, some stranger, I don't know, as Prophet Elizabeth. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounded like it was more from an, an arrogant or a prideful positiony. And some people do do that they put themselves in position and i was going to talk about that as we move along here okay so i just
1: want to
0: make sure i wasn't in there. Okay. no you 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 know see and that's the thing about knowing that's why i said and i have i don't know if i had said it yet where are you but it's like where do you where are you and this is why these three levels i'm i'm explaining them so you can position yourself where you are but at no, no point did i say you're not a prophet at any of those levels, because even the first one being called is knowing and being affirmed, and that's what you said already. Okay. As everybody can't say that that they're there. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The yeah. You've had confirmation from other leaders, and I feel really insecure. You may be in the wrong house. and It's not apostolic or prophetic home on your house, and they don't flow, it, they don't really. hmm so, you, may, you, may, you, may, you may not get in that place, yeah. So once you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, he will lead you. So, he will make you uncomfortable where you are, or he'll put you out. He'll make it, it'll be uncomfortable when you get put out that's, that's, to obey him. That's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. But they knew I was a prophet. Of course. And they they even confirmed it
1: to my friend over here to me, but I've never had any hands laid on.
0: No, they don't and an actual confirming and affirming is out in, in actually the public congregation. We'll let Apostle speak because she's she's done it for sure. Amen. Speak up louder. Amen. Yes. Apostle speak up. Amen. <laughs> because
1: you're talking about in oh, Um uh, that's say, where that's wrong. where that's where man comes in oh, okay. to recognize the call mm-hmm.
0: and, and exactly and
1: seeing that you've gone through the, the first and the second stage. Then they want to commission you. So that's what the Paul was. Seventeen years before he was commissioned. Amen. It was
0: nineteen for me mm-hmm. before I was commissioned. Yes, but that don't keep you from walking in it. Exactly. You're, you're always, always trading. trading you know, work for commissions or ordained because you become licensed and licensed, and then you're ordained mm-hmm. in the observation of your leader mm-hmm. in that house. Amen. Yeah. I didn't get it. And we'll we'll explain and define each of those license, ordain, and commission. I know commission now was what the the new terminology that apostles are using. I know that's what they did at Apostle McGee's release and commissioning of all those folks he had there. He He started, he uses the word commission. I know it's a new thing to use the word commission. Old school, we say ordained. (laughs) And yes, you can be licensed. And and then ordained, yeah. but what if you're ordained? You don't need the license. Some people don't have to have the license. They go jump to ordain, because right. most people who are licensed, as we talked about, those ministries and ministries in the church, yeah. the serving, the ushers, the deacons, they're licensed ministers. Oh. They're ministers. Okay. They serve in a role or capacity of leadership mm-hmm. of some, some sort. Anybody serving, I say, is a leader. Cause somebody's got their eyes on you, you know, and you're impacting somebody's life, and you need to live the life of a leader, as it says in the Bible about bishops and all that stuff in there. Do yes. we mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Do we see licensing? No. Uh-uh. No. See, some things are put in places because man does it, and sometimes and you have to watch it because sometimes this man puts it in there to control you. You know, as well. So you got to, you got to be in the right place, so that you are, you are grown and nurtured and released and developed in the proper way, healthy way. Amen. You know, because then that's when those other spirits we talked about that are out there can. It could be a religious spirit. It could be. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. I talk about that you guys are teaching my, my lesson here because <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I, I did cover that a real, little bit here sometimes
1: kind a of pride spirit <laughs> can come in
0: uh-huh. and
1: it's almost like it's changing the channel mm-hmm. you know if you think you have a gift of prophecy yes. or if you feel like you have been called or commissioned to the prophet but if pride sets in you're you're not even you're not even hearing the whole of what God is saying to you Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like somebody changed the channel. Like if you were uh, 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 100.7, if you listen to KGBI, mm-hmm. and then somebody came and turned it to 99.8, yeah, that's what pride can do to that gift. It can distort uh-huh. it to a way that it's not mm-hmm. coming from God directly.
0: Get your frequency off. Right. Yeah. So you got we were listening to a teacher earlier, uh, a preacher say, you are not your gift. You know, you are who you are. Your gift is a gift. But you're still a person. So you have to be real careful. Sometimes people want to, what they call, pimp people's gifts. <laughs> There's a, a lot of craziness like that out there. That's why, you know, false prophets and all that stuff. They may not teach false stuff, but they can lead you falsely in different ways. So we're going to talk about the prophet here, Packed. What a prophet is. A prophet is a person who speaks God's truth to others. The word prophet comes from the Greek word propheties, prophetes, P R O P H E T E S, prophetes, which can translate to one who speaks forth or advocates for. Prophets are also called seers because of their spiritual insight. And their ability to see in the Spirit and see into the future. In the Bible, prophets were often both teachers and revealers. They taught or declared God's truth about current issues, and they also revealed details about the future as told to them by God. So prophets are tasked with faithfully speaking God's words to the people. Uh, Ephesians 2.20 says God's household is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. So prophets are set apart for ministry with a special calling to proclaim God's word. Not only the literal word, the logos word, but rhema word. We're not talking about writing more scripture as some people want to use (laughs) to to keep prophecy out of their their congregations. We're talking about like a right now, fresh word. Somebody talked, we talked about Rhema I think last week with the definition of what that was. They must go through an extensive process of consecration, training, transformation, and commissioning or ordination as directed by God. And we already talked about it could take up to, 15, 20 years to move from calling to the office. Okay. Now, we can't, you know, I, I wouldn't say that man puts that on a prophet to have to take that law in the process. I believe it is spiritual, it's supernatural, that process. It just doesn't come, come overnight. Okay. The call can come to you in several ways. You no, know, if you're you know, if you haven't experienced this, you will. But I'm sure most of you are here who know that they're a prophet have experienced this. Several ways. Some of them you could get a call from the Lord from just hearing the voice of God. It just all of a sudden He just starts talking to you. Um I, I, I can, I'm trying to think of when it was I first heard him speak. Uh, I believe it was when, sometimes you know, I'm, I'm thinking here, here speak, where I really heard him. But sometimes you remember I said you could, you could have a knowing, and you already know stuff. Well, this was when I just really heard him. And one of the things he told me he says, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Just out of the blue. I think I was walking from my car to, walking from my exercise class to my car. Uh, and it was, you know, I wasn't even thinking about anything. It just, it just came and it sounded audible. Mm-hmm. So many times you think it sounds audible. And then what I also noticed was that I heard it in my spirit, but I heard it come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. So he spoke it in my spirit and it came out of my mouth. So I, I can't say I heard the audible voice out here with my eardrum. I heard it in. And we know our spirit man has ears and eyes and a mouth and a nose, and, which is the part of us that's going to be eternal. But, but we're, we're going to be better than that because we get our bodies back too in some kind of way. We're going to be like how Jesus is now, where he can do all that supernatural stuff and still have his, his body. Hallelujah. Whew. Just thinking about that. Okay, so you can hear the voice. Christ or Holy Spirit can visit you. So that's what we call a supernatural encounter. I had a visitation. And this was still, what, several years after that time it happened. That's when I started really prophesying too. Which, you know, I didn't know where that came from and how that happened. I think the first time I saw a prophetic team was when we had the revival at Victory Church. And when I saw those, I told Philip about this that other night. Saw all those people up there calling people's names out, or they didn't know them actually. They would just call people. They were drawn to certain people, and the person would stand up, and then they would just start prophesying to them. I said, "Wow, I want to do that. How the heck are they doing that? I'm gonna do that." I was at the edge of my chair watching them do that. I couldn't stop. And it was some, I had. There had to be. See, in an environment like that, remember I told you? Go with expectations. Yeah. There had to have been an impartation that was going on. Activation, release, the prophetic environment, the spirit the pro- spirit of prophecy, whatever it was, it clicked for me. And so, there's this is all this training. The various prophetic teams we've been on, I don't know how many people I've prophesied to in all those, those years, hundreds. Yeah. Because we would... We ministered at least a couple times a month, because we ministered at our church, and then we went to Plattsmouth and would minister there, or they would call us over to other churches in the city, and we would minister. You remember that, right? Apostle. Various churches. So it was really a fun time, but we were all navigating, or what's the word, pioneering the prophetic. It really wasn't uh, very popular at all in Omaha. So after so far, you know, you go elsewhere. To get even more training and impartation and opportunity so the one the holy spirit the visitation with holy spirit was kind of strange too i think i i might have mentioned it before how he visited and it was just he just kind of enveloped me like a cocoon and it was just this presence that i had i had it was almost like you know how we're here in worship and we know we were we're accessing the presence we're going in, he's wooing us. And because we're worshiping him, he's wooing us. And then once we get there, he's all he's he's got us. <laughs> well, it was almost like that feeling, but a hundred times stronger. I don't I just I had no clue. I said, what the heck is this? And so was that's what I knew it was a real person. He's real. <laughs> I didn't have any conversation though, you know, <laughs> it's like with those angels, I right? not talking to you, you can be around, just don't let me trip over you, but um, that happened for me like three nights in a row is all I can remember, it was almost like I was just someplace else, I was at a different level, different plateau, different dimension, or a rim, because you know you have different rims which is a place, and in that place there's different dimensions within that, within that rim. So that can happen to you, okay? Or you can have an encounter where an angel visits you. Or even, um, I think I mentioned Christ himself. Dream or vision. The dream or vision is so real, it's almost like, you know, I'm sitting here looking right at you in a dream where you have this, he calls you. Um, And then through prophecy, of course, And the laying on of hands. And I believe once the gifts kind of activated and you start flowing, it's when Holy Spirit starts to show leaders different things about you. And, or leader, I remember sometimes, like, I think it was Pam Benetti, me and Philip was at a meeting. Sometimes you can be at certain meetings and people who are high level will just zero in on you. And they'll call you out and prophesy to you. And they'll say, I mean, they're, Wow, I think Pastor Randy says. She told me she when after this lady had prophesied to us, she says, "Didn't you feel like your hair just went back, flew back after she when she prophesied to you?" I said, "You don't like the wind, you know." I said, "No," <laughs> but because of the level and the weight of the prophecy. You know, she had she said things like that. And Pastor Randy is not no spring chicken. She, whew, she's pretty powerful, yeah. as well. <laughs> yes. So she, I guess I would say she was my mentor and uh, spiritual first spiritual mother, or one of my spiritual mothers. I still call her and Pastor Marshall my spiritual mo- uh, parents. So uh, other ways would be impartation or an anointing. Somebody can lay hands on you and, and prophesy to you. I think when we went to Tennessee, Holy Spirit hit you and we were in the car. Yeah. And I started ministering to you and released some things and uh, turned on some stuff. Remember that? I don't remember what it was on, but it was, it was amazing. She couldn't go nowhere. She was stuck. <laughs> she was under the wheel. <laughs> so God, is uh, he'll use various situations and don't take them lightly. They're very, very important. Uh, you know, As I keep saying, our words are life. They're life and they're spirit. And they change. And they can change your trajectory to, to your next level. Um, impart the gifts that you didn't know were there. And get them going when he's ready. When he's ready. See, we, we go back to that 1 Corinthians 12. Remember, Holy Spirit, as he wills, and then Jesus as he's determined, he is kind of like kinda of like the blueprint is, is Jesus. Because you know, he's the head of head of the body, the church. So those are reason, those are ways that God can call a person. And as I've matured and um, you know, after getting licensed and ordained, and and you know, yeah, I probably was at I was at the third place at the commissioning. But I really hadn't got to the place where I was released yet to do really do this, to do really re, to go into ministry, until you know maybe it's been five or six years now, and then God would actually call me that. He'll call me sometimes. He'll say prophet. I'll say yes, sir. <laughs> you know. So now I can I can really hear him so clearly, and and now the way I receive words or revelations, you know, I call them, I call them downloads. I get downloads. I have the the big, huge dreams, the visions, those sorts of things. But, um, you know, you grow, you know, as the Bible talks about going from glory to glory, to glory, to glory. And it's, it's him taking you through those phases and through those steps. And if you don't go through, that's why people say 20 years, it's, it's no small thing to get you where he wants you, because you, you have, he's, he has to have you he has to know that he has you, he can trust you, and then you have that covering and you have the backing that he'll send you. Because even when we were in Tennessee and uh, Prophet Christopher mentioned to me about that, the angels, there was people that were looking at me really strange. I had people come up to me and ask me. So where do you think the angels are following you? Or why do you have all those angels in your house? And things like that. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> and you know what I did though? I went home. Remember I told you I went home. And my teaching on angels, I talk about this. I went home and I actually decided to get enough nerves to talk to them. <laughs> and they did talk back to me. Because, you know, I had to get, I had to find out why. Because they were asking me why. So see how that those conversations God probably had them do that or ask me because <laughs> he he knew he knew what I needed to do and I had to go and study and I still have to do part two on angels so that's coming in the next few months okay so now what I want to read real quickly here is Ephesians chapter 4 the concept of fivefold ministry comes from Ephesians 4 chapter chapter 4 verse 11 and it says it. It was he who gave some to be, I don't know what translation, so this has been a while that I wrote it. It is he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. And we know that he is Jesus. In this verse of scripture, there is no expiration date. So all five ministries are needed today to perfect the church. And it is in the New Testament. Ephesians 4, verse 12, 13 says, tells us that the purpose of the fivefold ministry is to prepare God's people for works of service. We talked about the service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of of Christ. Isn't that a mouthful? Whew, every time I read that, I get out of breath. Uh, so, since the body of Christ is not built up to unity in the faith and has not attained to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, the thinking goes, or it makes sense to say, the fivefold ministry gifts, offices are still needed. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, not building any new foundation. Hebrews 6, verse 1 through 3. You want to write that down as a reference. There's no new foundation that's being built. But to provide revelation of the word of God for the church to grow into maturity. Revelation of the word of God. So we all grow in maturity. And we all have a lot of growing to do. And we all got to keep growing when we go to heaven. And when we get the new Jerusalem here on on earth and get a new earth, heaven and earth. The ongoing work of the fivefold ministry gift is manifested in the Holy Spirit, speaking through and teaching us God's word. In that sense, the fivefold ministry is still alive. This is your mandate, prophet of God. And the mandate of all fivefold ministry gifts. Number one. Is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Number two, build up the body of Christ. Three, to bring the body of Christ into unity, a oneness. Four, to bring the body of Christ to maturity. You really can't say you're going to be commissioned until you come to the oneness and a unity with God the Father. A unity and a oneness with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The call is sovereign. It's an appointment. Meaning you are called by God because he is omnipotent. And has supreme authority and ultimate power over everything. The sovereignty of God is God's will and God's purpose that was for or preordained. For ordained or preordained in eternity to appoint or decrease something beforehand. it happened beforehand before he even made the earth. when he was making the earth he was already gosh making us. Whew. the sovereign call number one is when you hear God's voice. number two you may hear the voice of Jesus. number three you may hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. you're going to hear a voice. If God calls you. It may be when the angelic messenger is heard. Well, I did have the hand come get me. You know, the angel, I told you guys, I, I left my body. It said, don't be afraid. I was gone. I was in heaven somewhere. And I don't know, maybe I was being set apart. I always try to figure that one out too. It's interesting how God won't tell you everything. But you just think about those experiences that sometimes you get a little bit more revelation on them. But I trusted him to take me out of my body <laughs> Somewhere and do whatever they did, and then I just woke back up. It was like I was in a trance, but it was amazing. I did see angelic beings. I didn't see much of nothing else other than that. Um, your divine call is it's divine and sovereign when the word or the voice, the hearing of the voice, the voice can be external or internal, and the method of hearing it could be audible, it could be visual, it could be an impression. Something you feel. Discerning the voice. Whose voice is it? Was it a natural voice? Was it supernatural? Was it not supernatural? Then determine if that spirit, if it is the spirit of truth, or is it a spirit of error or evil? And remember, in the Bible talks about deception and how the even... The devil can come as a spirit light of light. So don't be fooled. You got to know, and you got to know when your knower, and your knower, you see, is peace. If if it's if it's not if it's like a a, like trying to push you to do something, (laughs) or you feel something stopping you and say don't do it, then that's probably bad. Whatever's happening there. It means to just to stop back and step back and, and and wait on God. Let the Holy Spirit talk to you and guide you. It, it means no, don't do that right now, <laughs> or no, that is not me. Then you have to respond to the voice. You have to make a decision to answer. Right? Got to make a decision to answer. Yeah. When the when the hand white hand came in my face, it was, see, that's what I said because it felt like it was like right here. <laughs> Huge white hand. Said come. And I was about ready to jump out of my skin anyway. <laughs> but he said. Don't be afraid. And I just I just uh, yielded. It's like yielding. You guys know how to yield to the Holy Spirit. That's what it felt like. You have to respond to the call. You have to respond to the voice. You have to respond to the dream. The prophetic word. And then in that becomes with the divine call, is the charge. There is a charge included. There's an instruction, an appointment, an anointing. All that comes when you're called. You you're appointed because typically if God's calling you, he's going to tell you what he's calling you to do. And if he doesn't tell you, whoever prophesies to you is going to tell you. And I, I don't remember when I got prophesied as a, a, a prophet, but I did from people. People I didn't know, and then sometimes people I may have known. But one of the things they used to do early on in, in my walk and training, you know, knowing where, I, where I'm going, was um, like with my hands. They said, you know, you have healing in your hands. You're going to have a healing ministry. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say, okay, I'm going to go be a bitty hen. <laughs> you know so there are certain things that will happen that guide you along the way but you may not get right at that call but you know you're called to do something so you know you have to get in position to get education get learning and then the first thing I did is I, I got into Bible college and then after you've been charged then you ha- you're sent you're sent to do what it is he wants you to do so, the, as I mentioned, the call can come in several ways. Okay, let's look at 1 Timothy, because we're going to do some activations there in a couple more minutes. I'm almost done. 1 Timothy 1, I mean, uh, 4 and 14. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. The gift that Timothy now possessed was given to him by prophecy. The word by prophecy, the word by is the Greek word die, D I A. It means through. Okay. Through prophecy, he received the gift. It shows like it was a channel, or that was the way that it, it came from heaven or came from the Holy Spirit through into the into him, was the word itself. As I told you, the word is active and alive, so the gift was just taken and imparted through prophecy. Um, the prophetic utterance of the presbytery carried with it the creative power that gave, not only just informed or channeled the gift from uh, God to Timothy, it actually gave it to him. The gift was given to him through the prophetic utterance and it's subsequent, eventual work. Uh, it's just kind of like taking root like fruit. So once it's there, it's got to be exercised. It's got to be fed. And, and that's where we began to have prophetic teams. And we pra- prayed and prophesied and practiced on one another. And you can, you can practice on yourself or your kids or somebody. And just let it bubble up and come out. This verse should also be joined with 2 Timothy 1 and 6, which shows the gift also being imparted through the laying on of hands. And that's another way that the gift can be released. We have to remember that prophecy is conditional. So when you receive prophecy, you have to do something with it. If you don't do anything with it, it may not come to pass. Most preachers are self-appointed. Some are man-appointed. And few are God-appointed. I wish I had the numbers. I would like to do a survey. (laughs) It is very, 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 very dangerous to enter ministry without the divine call. So there's a few people I was going to read here to tell you that, you know, give me some examples. You know, sometimes people are called because they think it's a good thing to do or they go to Bible college. Or their father was a pastor, and so I'm going to be a pastor. That's not really the call. You can really look at, judge a person by the fruit and kind of tell where they are. Or uh, what you, you use the word locate. Right, Philip, where you can locate people. What about people who are appointed by man? Sometimes they are. Appointed by man and not by God. So we talked about the call. For being divine. If they didn't have that. And they decided to go ahead. And say okay I want to be in ministry. They can, they can go through the ropes. And become ministers. But you know who I say about those people. People people who call themselves. And self promote. They're the ones that Jesus says. I never knew you. On judgment day. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, I didn't call you. You could have been out there doing all those wonderful things, but it didn't matter because I didn't tell you to do it. Question. Jeremiah twenty, yes. Uh
1: huh.
0: Wouldn't that be the shepherds'
1: blood on his hands by saying or saying, "Oh yeah, you know, come on, you're my
0: oh yeah, my both of <laughs> exactly so come on in ministry. both." Okay. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 23, 21, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. Verse 32, Jeremiah 23, Behold, I am against those who prophesy false dreams, says the Lord. And I tell them and cause my people to err by their lies and by their recklessness. Yet I did not send them or command them. Therefore, they shall not profit this people at all, says the Lord. Jeremiah twenty-eight fifteen seventeen. 17. Then the prophet Jeremiah said to Hananiah, the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, but you make these, this people trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will cast you from the face of the earth. This year you shall die. Because you have taught rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. Ezekiel 13, 6 through 9. They have envisioned fertility and false divination, saying, Thus says the Lord. But the Lord has not sent them. Yet they hope that the word may be confirmed. Verse 7. Have you not seen a fertile Vision, and have you not spoken false divination? You say, the Lord says, but I have not spoken. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have spoken nonsense and envisioned lies, therefore I am indeed against you, says the Lord God. My hand will be against the prophets who envision fertility and who divine lies, or make up lies, make up stories, or make up prophecies, (laughs) fake They shall not be in the assembly of my people, nor be written in the record of the house of Israel, nor shall they enter the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord God. It is very dangerous, serious, and an offense to God himself. Without the call of God, there will be judgment. Who sent them? Did God send them? Did man send them? Or did the devil send them? Or did they send themselves? (laughs) so most and some preachers are self and man appointed God calls he's the one that does the calling they have had a divine encounter with God almighty those are the ones that are appointed without an encounter with God there is no call the encounter produces the call there will be an encounter who God visits he calls And who he calls, he equips. If he called you, rest assured that God will send those who will help equip you. And then you can write down Matthew 7, 21 through 23. It talks about the day of judgment. I guess I can read it real quick here. And this is the Passion Translation, so it will read different than your Bible. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the realm of heaven's kingdom. It is only those who persist in doing the will of my heavenly Father. On the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, don't you remember us? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons and do many miracles for the sake of your name? But I will have to say to them, go away from me, you lawless rebels. I've never been joined to you. So God is saying, I never knew you because I did not call you. God will never call someone he does not qualify. That his hand is not upon or his presence with them. You will know them by your fruit. And in Matthew 7 verses 15 through 20, it talks about uh, beware of false prophets and watch the fruit. A bad tree is going to give off bad fruit. A good tree will give off good fruit. Prophets are commissioned by God. Old Testament prophets were launched upon their prophetic careers by a definite call, but you don't see as much of that in the New Testament. So, uh, Prophet Samuel was one. You know, his he was called Hannah promised to give him back to the Lord. Then you have Elijah, the prophet. He was chosen by God through Elijah's mantle. And Isaiah, remember he was taken up to the throne room and was given visions in heaven. Then you have Jeremiah. He was called before birth. Ezekiel, he had visions. And then Amos. Amos, uh, while denying any personal desire for the prophetic ministry. Witness to his calling is in Amos seven verses fourteen and fifteen. I was going to look that one up, but I didn't get to it. Got uh, just about finished, and then just the New Testament, you would have uh, persons like Jesus and Apostle Paul that had supernatural encounters with God uh, for their callings, and we know Jesus uh, was predicted to be born, and how you know they the. Herod, they tried to get rid of him, and John the Baptist baptized him. And you know, he when he came up, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they actually were there for his baptism to acknowledge him being the Son of God. So, any questions? I kind of rushed toward the end there. Anybody have any burning questions? Mm-hmm. I had a
1: question, Marilyn. Like, yes, ma'am. you were talking about your experience and how you were sitting in the church and God inspired you to be, mm-hmm. to, to be called. Basically, He was telling you that you were called. Did you feel anything earlier? What were like? Did you have any childhood experience mm-hmm. that introduced you to this calling that God put on your life?
0: Yes, I did. I always had childhood experiences that I didn't really think were out of the ordinary. thought everybody had those kind of experiences, uh, especially like as a toddler, probably, you know, even before kindergarten, around kindergarten. I remember having, I wouldn't call an imaginary friend. You know how some people say they have imaginary friends? I just thought that they were... Angels that everybody else had, so I had always had communication with angels at that time. But see, I was young and, (laughs) but you know, wasn't an adult and (laughs) have all this knowledge. Um, And then other things, you know, your your family kind of thinks you're different. They treat you a little differently. You know, you seem like you get a little bit more. you're, you you get this extra attention like from your, your parents, but then the siblings don't like you because you're getting that extra attention, and even from people that other adults that really aren't, you know, uh, necessarily related to you, because you know they see something on you. I think they're drawn to you. Um, they give you more assignments and things to do. They give you money. <laughs> um, my my siblings would always put me up to do things that were wrong. And I wouldn't do it, and they would get you know, they would get angry because <laughs> they would get in trouble, and, and I wasn't involved. Um, you, you know, and then you just kind of I just kind of knew things, and always wanted to be in church. And I remember uh, my mom didn't always wasn't consistently going, but many neighbors and uh, friends of hers would come and take me to church. You know, I, I always was in church, even as a little girl. And then she became she was she was she was starting to go more consistently, maybe when I was in I guess the middle school or junior high age. And so I got exposed more to churchy stuff, religion. <laughs> and I didn't but wanna be know, there. <laughs>
1: but you know what though I feel like in a way mm-hmm. um, that it's the, the gift of prophecy or the, the calling to the, to be to, prof, to be the pro a prophet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's more I would say almost like it's a burden, not like a, a heavy, not mm-hmm. you know, not like heavy, like you know, a, a sentence. But if, if when God mm-hmm. calls you and when He makes if you if He's He He, he predestined you to be a prophet. It's something that you can't get away from, whether you, whether you accept it or not. You know whether mm-hmm. you acknowledge it and, and and you're obedient to it. It's in you. It's like it's like mm-hmm. uh, your hands or whatever. You're born with hands and feet. I mean, most oh, yeah. of you are. You are
0: you are the you are the thing. I, like I said early on, I was listening to this preacher say that you are not the gift, but you are the gift. <laughs> Uh, and you have to kind of take it to, you don't have to really take it in your mind to, to separate the two because you become, you know, fivefold ministers are the gift to the body because Jesus gave them, He gave men to the body as as gifts. And um, when you do there's a there's a weightiness in it. And there has, there's a strong humility in it. And it makes you wonder how many really make it to the level where God can use them. You know, to the fullness. I mean, you can be used to a certain extent on the surface. But look how many doors that might have been open to you or opportunities if you really were sold out and died to self and became really one in him and with him. That's what I strive to do every day is to serve him and to please him and he comes before everything else because he's 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 my sole provider and after this life where am I going to go where am who am I going to be with what what other trust do I have and anything else that I know that's going to be eternal and real and I could say it's real because I know I've touched it I've seen it I've been there I've had impartation. I know what's, I know what is beyond. <laughs> I know what is beyond in the unseen. And, and some get to have it, some don't. How do, you, how do you learn to walk in the fact that you walk and you are that thing? You are the gift. And when you speak, you're speaking for God. And you don't have to think about it. You don't have to have the gift uh, unction. For the prophetic word to come out and flow. You just. You just it. Because he's got you 100%. He's backing you up 100%. Like every word you say. Wow. He's backing it up. And you can't—it's it's not going to let your words fall to the ground. But that's a relationship like. Go back to the Old Testament prophets. If you get out there. Pimping the gift. And charging for this and i don't know what else uh, what all those people are doing woe is them <laughs> that's all i can say is whoa 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 because this is real stuff It's nothing to be playing with yes your blood somebody somebody's blood can be, can be on on your hands and you know the Lord had told me the other morning that he gave me what the functions of a, the prophet was. You know, we go looking. <laughs> he says, I'm going to tell you what the functions of the prophet is. Okay, God. And he gave them to me. I, I haven't I haven't taught that yet. Maybe that will be for next week's lesson. Because we start to go into t- the training. That process. That 20 years we're talking about. Don't you want to hear about that? <laughs> and what that involves? Whew! So, but I, I'm going to have to... Uh, Uh, Close because I I did record this. I don't want it to go much further. So those on uh, listening, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, uh, enjoy. I hope you enjoyed this uh, teaching. In Jesus' name.
1: Thank you so much.